Hey guys, this is Rocky, and you're listening to the God Loves Miami podcast. I want to welcome you to today's episode, and I also want to encourage you to follow us on social media at God Loves Miami on Instagram and Facebook so that you can find out all that we are about and what God is calling us to do in our city. And now here's Pastor Mark. It looks like a beautiful day out there, um, but it's probably going to rain in a few minutes just just because that's what's been happening the last couple days. Actually, with all this rain that's been going on, I... I remembered um, a couple of years ago, now I was actually like, probably like, I don't know, man, I don't want to give away my age too much, but maybe like 12, 15 years ago, I was like really into paintballing. Anybody here ever into paintballing? Yeah? Now kids are into airsoft. I like the paintball because you could see, like, because people could say, oh, you didn't hit me. Like, I did hit you. That's my red ink on you, right? Um, and so we used to go with a bunch of friends. We used to go paintballing, and we actually got, uh, Mike used to come with us, Mike Fernandez and um, a couple other people, and we would go full fatigue, right, like full military fatigue, even like face paint. I mean, it was awesome. And we would go uh, back in the days when there was woods in Hialeah, right, 15 years ago. Now there's a bunch of apartments where we used to play, but it was right over the I-75, that bridge that they want to open. Well, I've crossed that bridge many times to go paintballing on the other side. Um, and, and now I'm like, why are they fighting? I've been going over that bridge for 15 years. Um, but uh, there used to be woods there. And then when people heard that we would go, we would go like almost like every other Saturday early in the morning. Um, and then guys that were like in the military and police officers would be like, oh, we want to go. We want to join you. There was this one guy, this Marine. And the guy showed up once. Before all of us, and we're there talking, you know how guys, we show up and you start talking trash and stuff, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this guy comes out, right, because he had like one of those like leave like deals, freaked us out, right, and then when we were picking teams, everybody wanted this Marine guy to be on their team because the guy was like active duty, you know, he had that cool outfit, and you know, we had played with him before, and he was getting everybody out, Um, And so when I was picking teams, like, he was my first pick. And everybody's like, oh, you got him, right? So the guys on my team, we had a great time. We were winning, like, all the time. And then it was probably, like, lunchtime now. We had been there super early. It was probably, like, 1, 2 o'clock. And we're playing our last game, and then we were going to go eat. And we finish the, the game. My team wins. And when we're all hanging out, talking trash and talking about how we're better than them and all this stuff, we look around, and we're like, where's the Marine guy? We couldn't find him, right? And then we were just thinking, ah, whatever, bro. That guy's probably going to hide and pop out of nowhere, and we're just talking. Like 30 minutes go by, and we're like, yo, seriously, did he leave? And so somebody runs out to where the cars were parked, and his car's still there. We go back. We cannot find this guy. Three hours go by. Still can't find the guy, right? And we're freaking out because... You know, the reason we crossed that bridge is because we were trespassing, right? So we're like, bro, we call the cops. We're all going to get in trouble. Like, let's try to find this Marine guy, right? And we're yelling his name. We're looking for him. Hours later, it's actually now it's like 4 or 5 o'clock. And we find the guy in a ditch, crying. Literally, I'm like, are you okay? Did you break your leg? I'm thinking the guy broke his leg, got attacked by a Florida panther. I don't know, Right? And he's sitting in the mud all by himself with his, he had the best gun, he had the best gear, he had the best training, and had veered off 
to kind of flank us. He goes, I was going to flank them. And then he made a wrong turn and went outside of the barrier that we had established where nobody went beyond that barrier and was lost. And he was alone and he was hopeless. And, and here's the thing. I think all of us have found times in our life when we have been hopeless, right? Have felt alone, have felt abandoned. He goes, I thought you guys had left me. And I'm like, no, bro, we're starving. We've been looking for you. We didn't call the cops because we didn't want to get busted. And we're like, he's a Marine. These guys get thrown in the middle of the desert for like weeks and they survive and stuff. So we're like, hey, pretty soon the guy's going to start eating like bugs and stuff like Timon and Pumbaa. And, uh, and he'll survive this thing. And, uh, and he was there all alone. Again, like I said, he had all the right tools, all the right training. And that can happen to us in life. There's moments when all of our skill, all of our money... All of our possessions, the tools that we have, the things that we have acquired in life, we have all those things, and they don't help us. We still feel alone. We could be surrounded by people and still feel abandoned and full of anxiety, and the world is bogging us down. You know, I'm an emotional guy, for those of you that don't know and haven't figured it out, and I've had to limit the amount of information that I consume, the amount of media that I consume because it's robbing me of my peace. It's robbing me of my happiness. And all of a sudden, I know all the problems. I know that gas is over five bucks. Yet when I hear people talk about it on a news cycle, I'm like, oh my God, that's all I think about. Instead of just thinking about it once a week when I actually have to put gas in my car, I'm thinking about it 24-7. And I am allowing that into my life. It's like, have you ever drank sour milk? Right? I'll be honest with you, so my kids don't drink milk, my wife doesn't drink milk, I'm kind of the only milk drinker unless you come to my house and I offer milk to you, but next time I offer milk to you, I just want to let you know that sometimes in the middle of the night, I just open the thing and I drink the milk, right, because again, I'm the only dr milk drinker in my house unless you're my guest and I offer you milk, right, but you know how many times, because I'm the only milk drinker, I've grabbed the sour milk and it's like, ah, right, I thought the milk was still good, but it wasn't. Imagine if I told you that at that moment when I tasted the sour milk, I sat down, I got one of those Flanagan cups and filled it with the sour milk and just drank it, got like donuts and cookies and just, you'd be like, you're crazy. You're an idiot, Pastor Mark. I'm sorry. I know I'm not supposed to call you an idiot, but you're an idiot. But isn't that what we do in life? There's so much sour milk and thing that's, things that are spoiled around us, yet we choose to keep filling our mind and our heart and our spirit and our home and our lives with that sour milk, with the terrible things that are happening. You see, we all have problems. And I've prayed. I mean, when I, I see all the tragedy happening in our country, people dying, people getting shot, the wars, and I'm like, God, just end it. Like, why can't we fix these things? I've prayed and I've, I've asked God to change. I've, I've asked God to change things in my own life, in my own circumstances, the problems that I am going through and that I've gone through. And then I ask God, God, why? Why haven't you changed it? Why haven't you fixed it? And in my wrestling with God, I feel God telling me, I don't want to take away the storm. I want to give you peace in the middle of the storm. I want to give you peace and in the middle of the fire, like we just sang, so that you can know that I am real. And so the people that are around you, that see you in the middle of your problem, in the middle of the storm, yet you still have joy. You still have peace. 
You still have power. Your family's still together. They can worship God in the middle of that. Because if, if everything is always going great for you and you're happy all the time, it's like, of course, he's got everything that he needs and he doesn't have any problems. But if he had my problems, he wouldn't be happy. But then people see us in the middle of the storm and they say, I need that Jesus that they have. I need that another in the fire in my life. Yeah, there are moments when God just clears up the storm, and we've seen it in Scripture, and it's going to happen in our life. It's going to happen in your life, and I believe it. It's happened in my life. Times that God just shows up, and there's a miracle, and things just, there's no explanation, and it's gone. But I want you to know there's going to be more moments when the storm doesn't move, when that cloud doesn't go away. And he just wants to show you that he is the king of the storm. And he can control it. And he could also give us life in the middle of it. Actually, the Bible, there's two accounts of Jesus in a storm in a boat. One of them, he's walking on water. Stops the storm. The other one, he's asleep in the middle of the storm. And shows his disciples that, hey, you know what? King Kong has nothing on me. Right? This storm has nothing on me. And then he speaks to the storm, and the storm dies down. John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Remember that word, may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. This is a broken and a fallen world, and it's going to give us trouble. This is one of my favorite verses, and I kind of call it in my head. I've never said it publicly, but it's like the abuela or mommy verse of the Bible, right? And you're like, Pastor Mark, what are you talking about? How many times has your mom told you, no corra, que te vas a caer. Don't run that you're going to fall, right? Or don't play with that. You're going to get hurt. And you're telling your mom and you're thinking, like, leave me alone. Oh, my God. I can't do anything. I can't breathe, right? Anybody ever felt like that as a kid or a married man? Anybody? <laughs> right? And you're running as a kid. And your mom, te vas a caer, que piso está mojado. And you're like, that's the best thing. I'm trying to slide, right? And then when mom's not looking, you run and you fall and you walk in the room. ¿Qué te pasó? What happened? You're like, no, nothing. You know, just, I hit my head by accident. But the truth is that we didn't listen. And they prophesied over our life and said, te vas a romper la cabeza. Right? You're going to break your head. And we didn't listen. Jesus is telling us, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart. Why? Because I have overcome the world. So if peace... Right? The peace of God is what we need, not the peace of this world. Because we have seen what peace talks do, nothing. Right? Only Jesus can give us peace. And so you're probably thinking, Pastor Mark, why does it say you may have peace? Right? How annoying is it when you ask someone for like something and can I have that? I don't know. Can you? Oh my gosh, those girls in high school used to drive me crazy, right, Tanya? Man. Like correcting you all the time. It's not can you, it's may, right? May I have that? Yes, you may, right? Because it belongs to the person that has it. And when they say yes, they're giving you something that you don't have. It is a gift from God. That is, we may have peace. You may have peace. But the only way to get that peace is to ask for it is to ask Jesus for the peace that only he can give. In John 14, 27, Jesus said this, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. How many people here, just raise your hand if you want peace of mind and heart. 
right? God, I want peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't fragile like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. I think if we were to define the world that we live in now, the temperature, if we would take the temperature of the world, the temperature of our communities, the temperature of our country, I think that that thermometer would come out and be like trouble and afraid. People are in trouble and people are afraid because they don't want the gift that Jesus freely gives to everyone that asks. And so if peace is a gift and only Jesus can give it, you're probably thinking, well, Pastor Mark, why don't I got some of that peace? Why don't I enjoy that peace that Jesus wants to give me? And the reason is this, is that you have to make room for peace in your life and invite Jesus into that room, that space in your life. There are compartments. As people, we compartmentalize our lives. We have the work life. We have the home life. We have the friends life. We have the God life. It's probably the smallest room in the house, the closet, if we've even given him any of, any of that space. But let me tell you something. We need to make room for Jesus, his peace, and then invite him. Jesus is not going to barge in to your life. He's not going to barge in to your problems. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that fire we just sang about, they invited Jesus into that room, into that furnace that they were standing in. And Jesus was glorified and they were protected because whenever Jesus walks into a room, he fills that room with his peace. When he walks into the room, he fills that room in with peace. So I have a question for you today. Do you have rooms in your heart that are full of worry? Do you have rooms in your heart that are upset? Anxiety resides in the rooms of your heart. Or maybe there's a room that, that there's fear. Let me tell you something. Those are the rooms you haven't invited Jesus into. Those are the areas of your heart that you're pushing Jesus out of. Yeah, you're a Christian. You're going to heaven. But your life is full of anxiety. You have anger issues. You have fear. You're scared of stuff that doesn't even make sense sometimes. Did you know that your worries reveal the areas that you have not given over to God? The thing that you worry about the most. And here's the thing. We confess it. Right? Think about the conversations that you have with your friends and your family members and your children. And you talk about stuff. Most of the stuff that we talk about is, I'm worried about this. Or, or you're projecting a worry. Or you're talking about something and you have anxiety over that thing. Or is it health? Is it school? Is it raising your children in this crazy world? Is it your finances? You are confessing. These are the areas in my life. Think about that. These are the areas in my life that I have not given over to God. Because the Bible doesn't contradict itself. And when Jesus walks into a room, his peace is with him. And his peace is ready to rule and reign in your life. That could include your finances. That could include your dating life. Oh my gosh, I'm never going to find a man. You know why? Because you haven't invited Jesus into that space in your life. Where are all the good women? You haven't invited Jesus into that space in your life. Maybe you have anxiety and fear. You don't have peace about your career, your parenting, your schedule. So many people obsessed about their schedule. Oh, my God, my schedule. And then when anything changes, like, they malfunction, right? 
Ministry. People that don't have peace when it comes to ministry. Because even that, we can push God out of whatever it is. I want to challenge you today to let it go, to give it over to Jesus. And here's the thing. You may be sitting here today and thinking, you may have a little bit of peace in your life. You've done good for yourself. You've made good choices. You've had some luck in life. So right now, you look at your life, hey, man, I'm doing pretty good. But let me tell you something. The kind of peace that the world gives, it's temporary. The peace that comes from the world, it's circumstantial. The things that you have been able to do, congratulations, and they're good. And we celebrate all the great decisions that you've made, financial investments that you've made, relationships that you've been in that have gone well for you. If you have a good job, then you're at peace. But if your peace is attached to that job, the day you lose your job, there's no more peace. If your peace has to do with how much money you have in the bank, then guess what? When the money is gone, the peace goes with it. Jesus gives a different kind of peace. The Bible calls it in Philippians 4, 7, it says, peace which surpasses all understanding. It's crazy. It's confusing to those that don't know who God is. Like, what's going on here? How could Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that's the name of the three guys Tanya was talking about, how could they have had peace in the middle of that? We see people that lose loved ones, people that lose their jobs, and in the middle of all of that, we look at them and, man, they're crazy. How could you be happy? Have you ever thought that? You see someone that just went through a tragedy, you look at their life, and you're like, something's wrong with them. Ella está loca. Ella está loco. They're crazy. There's no way that they could have just gone everything that they've gone through and still have peace. It doesn't mean that you don't have tears. It doesn't mean that you're not sad, but you have peace in the middle of the storm when you don't know where to turn. Did you sing that today too? Did you sing that? Yeah? We're going to sing it again. Right? And then what does it say? I still bless you. That's where we get our peace. When we see that the world is falling apart and instead of crying out and cursing God and walking away from God and talking about our tragedy, in the middle of the problem, we stop. And we act like real crazy people, and we worship God in the middle of the storm. Because that's what the world, the world goes, and they do whatever they want. Oh, my God, I just lost my job. I'm going to Flanagan's, and I'm going to get hammered. That's how the world solves their problem. And for, like, 30 minutes, you probably got a little bit of peace. But that peace comes and kicks you in the butt with a hangover, and you still don't have a job. Right? But the world looks at it. Our friends are oh, it makes sense. Let them get drunk, bro. The guy just lost his job. Right? And they encourage it. It's like, you know what? I'm going to cash him 50 bucks just so he doesn't have to worry about it so he can pay for his tab, right? Yet when we stop in the middle of the storm and we worship God and say, God, I don't know why this is happening, but I trust you. I put my faith in you. I put my hope in you. That is the peace that surpasses understanding. That is the peace that Jesus wants to give you when everything around you is chaos, for some unexplainable reason, you are at peace because you asked Jesus for his peace. And he says, you may have it. I want to give you this gift that the world doesn't know how to give it. We have glimpses of it. We have tastes of it. But we do not know what it is without God. The Bible calls Jesus the prince of peace. Right? Other times I wouldn't, but I have peace right now in this moment. Um, here's what I know. I know the devil doesn't want us to hear this because when he can make us quiet, 
when he can quiet us down and force us to accept what's happening, right? Force us to be sad, force us to have anxiety, force us. Because what happens when we don't have peace? We lash out. And we start hurting the image of God that is around us. The Bible says that we were created in his image. Your wife was created in the image of God. Your children were created in the image of God. Your boss, that jerk that you don't like, in the image of God. So the devil wants to rob us of our peace and put anger and anxiety in us and fill us up to the brim so that when someone shakes us, that anger and that anxiety and that bad attitude spills on the image of God that is all around us. Think about that. And so the devil is a liar. Say that with me. The devil is a liar. And he wants to make us prisoners in this world. And prisoners by ourselves. Have you guys seen what anger and a bad attitude has done to someone? How many elderly people do we know? solo. Nobody even wants to talk to them because they're an ogre like Shrek, right? We all know people like that. Nobody wants to be around them. The devil has won in their life. And some of these people, they're going to, the funniest part about it, they're going to go to heaven. And they're going to live in eternity. Yet, what did Jesus say? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In heaven only? On earth. As it is in heaven. So that means that life here can be good. And that we don't have to allow the circumstances around us to influence the joy of the Lord. Because when we lose our peace, we lose our joy. And when a Christian doesn't have joy, what happens? They have no strength because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so if we allow the devil in to these areas of our life, these rooms that we have said, okay, so these are that one friendship, that one habit that I have, that secret thing that I do. It's just in this room, right? We all have those rooms. I have one of those rooms my wife doesn't like, right? And that's where the junk goes. But in our spirit, that's not cool. In our heart, in our life, having a junk room is just saying, Satan, this is your room. And then what does he do? He comes and rattles it. And he comes and he messes up the house, right? He comes and he ruins relationships, ruins your marriages, ruins your relationship with your kids. And so I want to pray. And I want to challenge you today to invite Jesus into all the rooms of your life. Invite you to accept his peace because he wants to give it to you today. Hey, maybe you haven't gone to church in a long time. You haven't prayed in a long time. You haven't spent time with God in a long time. But here's what I know that you know is that you want peace. It's that you want peace of heart and peace of mind. I can't imagine a person that says, I just want problems, right? Like that meme, right? Problems, only problems, right? That's why. But we really don't want that. Everybody wants peace. You want peace. And you've tried to get that peace from things and people that have let you down. Things and people that have run out. Things have a lifespan. People and things, lifespan. That means when that thing is gone, your peace is gone. And you've been running, and what you secretly have been doing is looking for God, and you didn't even know it. That, that money that you've been chasing, that success that you've been chasing, the reason that you chase it is because you want peace. 
I just want my family not to worry. I want my kids to grow up differently than I did, to enjoy the things that I didn't have. A lot of us, children of immigrants that immigrated to this country with nothing, and we've been chasing, chasing that bag like my son calls it. But the reason we chase it is because we want peace. Think about it. And what you've been chasing is Jesus, and you didn't even know it. I'm going to invite everybody to bow your heads. And I know that there's people here in this room today. As they hear this and say, you know what, I, I have been looking for God. And, and I just realized it, that that is the peace that I really need. And here's the great thing about the opportunity I'm about to give you. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, good stuff. And then everything else is going to be added unto you. It's going to come. So that stuff that you've been chasing, it's going to come, but it's going to come the right way. And it's going to come with the blessings of God behind it. And you know what? When God gives you something, it doesn't run out because it's not about the thing. It's about your relationship with him and your trust in him. And so if you're here today and you want to say, you know what, Pastor Mark, everybody's heads are bowed, eyes closed. Just pray for the people that are next to you. If you're here today and say, you know what, Pastor Mark, I've been, I've been searching for God and I didn't even know it. And today I want to invite him into my heart. If that's you, into my life. Just raise your hand wherever you are. Just raise it and just put it down. Just so I can pray with you. I can agree with you. I see your hand there in the back. Anybody else? I see your hand. I see your hand. Hey, maybe you are a Christian and you haven't been experiencing the peace of God. This is a great opportunity for you to rededicate your life to God. And those rooms that you've been pushing God out, invite him in. Invite the peace of God into that problem, into that stress into that fear in your life. Is there someone here today to say, you know what, that, that's me, Pastor Mark. I, I need to invite God into that space in my life. I see your hands. Anybody else? I see your hands. Dear God, I pray for everyone that raised their hand today, Lord. Those that, that they're stuck in the room right now and they can't even shake it off, God, I pray that they would seek you today. Maybe before they go to sleep tonight as they're wrestling to fall asleep, to find sleep, to find peace, that they realize that what they're looking for is Jesus. And at that moment that they would invite you into their life and that you would begin to change the atmosphere because you are good. You're a God of promises. And we claim those promises today in Jesus' name. Hey, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me right now. I'm going to ask everyone to pray. But if you're here today and you're inviting Jesus into those spaces in your life that you have been pushing him out of, I want you to pray this from the bottom of your heart with everything that you've got. So repeat after me and say, dear God, I come to you today and I say I'm sorry for the mistakes that I've made, for the sins that I've committed. I give you my life. I give you everything. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. If you guys enjoyed the podcast today, if you did, there's just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this podcast has ministered to you and you would like to help us continue reaching people that need to be inspired by the word of God, please consider making a donation at GodLovesMiami.com. That's GodLovesMiami.com. And we'll see you next time on the God Loves Miami podcast.